1: Welcome into Bet the Edge here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. He is Drew Dinsick, the Whale Copper, live from Churchill Downs. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. Coming up on today's show, Kenny Rice will of course, be a part of NBC's coverage of the Kentucky Derby this weekend. We'll jump on and explain if he thinks this could be the year for a long shot to win at Churchill Downs. We're also hoping to have the Suns color analyst, Eddie Johnson, come on in a little bit and see what he's monitoring now for Game 3 as the Suns are up 2 nothing over the Mavericks. We'll get into the Western Conference Finals as well in a little bit. And of course, we have our Edge of the Day, our best bets on the board for today, this Thursday, and a lot more coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, I'm so jealous. I say it every single day that you're in Louisville. Now you have the wagering sign behind you. You're at Churchill Downs. Tell me the latest, the greatest today. What's going on there?
2: Yeah, well, happy Cinco de Mayo. Uh, happy
1: Cinco de Mayo. To
2: everyone, especially the suns in the heat. Um, yes. Fun, fun night. Have NBA, a margarita awesome. on <laughs> Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be doing plenty of celebrating. Don't you worry. Um, but uh, no, it's been a great uh, week so far here at Churchill Down. Starting to, I'm getting, uh, you know, they've been doing races. So I'm getting the uh, practice of walking up to the window and knowing how to get your exact bet down because that's, it, it's, it can be pressure filled. You, you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself. When you walk up to the counter, you, you want to be, you want to say it like you know what you're talking about. And, uh, confidence is important when you're, uh, when you're at the horse wagering window, but either way, it's been a fun week of racing, uh, beautiful morning today. We got to see all the horses, um, you know, come out and do their morning workouts. We were up at the crack of dawn and, uh, yeah, the vibe here is extremely positive. This is going to be a really, really, really good race. Both the Oaks and the Derby, um, are stacked to be, uh, you know, among the best we've seen in my memory.
1: So true story. My grandfather, he was an incredible man. He loved betting horses. So I grew up going to Gulfstream and other horse tracks in Florida. So I learned very early on how to place an exacta or whatever you'd like to bet at the window with a post-it and like a very old pen because he'd have it all written down. My dad as well. And I'd have to try to figure out exactly what they wanted. So I do know how to bet horses at the window. Um, It's super fun. I'm like extremely envious. As I've said, you've been there. But as you're getting ready to go up to the window, whether you're, of course, betting on online you're somewhere you can place you know bets on the wager in person um wager in person for the derby what have you like heard today I know that seems crazy but I feel like there's not a consensus of who the best horse is for this race so as of today is it similar are people thinking it's a long shot what are you hearing there
2: no, that it, I would say the opposite, actually. Uh, in the first couple of days, there was a lot of people kind of telling you which of the long shot like looked better than they were expecting or ooh, had a really surprisingly good training run. And, ooh this horse has this. This was the wise guy horse. This is the buzz horse, blah, blah, blah. Right. Today, it feels like people are consolidating on this is going to be a chalky race. And I can't disagree. I think it's pretty clear that we have like a, a clear six-course field uh, of horses who have the class, have the speed to really contend. Uh, and I think you're going to start to see the market shape a little bit. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're placing wagers in a fixed odds market, you may be able to find better prices than we ultimately have available in the paramutual pool. I would expect that uh, definitely the horses at the top, Epicenter and Zandon, are going to get bet pretty aggressively. We know Mattress Mac is going to come in and nuke one of those prices. Um, and so I think uh, realistically this went from who's the long shot with a chance to this is going to be a chalky
1: race. I wanted the long shot, but yeah, it does kind of seem like the reports coming from you and today from Churchill downs, a lot of hand on talk. Okay. Just to remind you, if you don't have the NBC sports predictor app powered by points, Bet, go download it. Now the contests are free and easy to play. And you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, premier league on the PGA tour and NASCAR circuit. But right now, let's get back to the Kentucky Derby. And for that, we welcome in Kenny Rice. Kenny, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I know you're at Churchill Downs. You've been there. Drew's told me awesome things. And you guys have been able to connect out in Louisville. As you've been watching the horses throughout the week, what are your main takeaways? What's stood out to you?
3: Good to be back with you. Sarah, you got to come to the track with us next year. Drew and I had a blast this morning. You know, the thing is, and we were talking about that, if, if you keep looking at too many horses, you're gonna you're going to wind up betting more money than you could possibly win. Uh, about half the field looks really good. Uh, Zandon walked right past us, who might go off as the favorite. He was the morning line favorite, and he just looks spectacular. But the same can be said for Epicenter, who many thought would be the favorite. So, uh, you know, basically, I think all the the ones that are supposed to be looking in uh, their prime shape right now, they are. You know, there's no slouches among the probably top five or six contenders out there everybody's getting rest and eating right, apparently.
2: (laughs) I completely agree with that sentiment, honestly. And uh, the more I break it down, the more I see, the more people we talk to, this feels very chalky. Uh, It does not feel like there's a long shot that's going to ultimately be able to win this race, um, but maybe one to hit the board. Is there any, you know, do you have that same sense? And if there is someone in the 20 to one range that we may want to include on our superfectas, uh, you have uh, any tips for us?
3: Yeah, Drew, you know, it's hard for me to get past Zandon and epicenter, which again, that's, you know, it's kind of chalky, but it's around seven to two, three to one range. That's true. true. So, so, but, but it is the chalk. And honestly, I still have no problem if I can get a three to one return on anything. But I think (laughs) the uh, smile happy, yeah, smile happy would be to me the long shot. That's worth a look. He's uh, 20 to one right now. By the time the race goes off, he's got a very popular local trainer in Kenny McPeak who's uh, who won. Uh, with a 70-to-1 shot named Sarava. I think it's still the biggest payout in uh, Belmont history. He has a 20-to-1 shot in here in Smile Happy, whose biggest race came last year as a two-year-old over this track, and he dominated in that race. Uh, Had a little bit of a setback. The only reason he didn't go to the Breeders' Cup. He didn't run his best race at Keeneland. He got passed down the stretch by Zandon. But that was the kind of race, you know, where – Let's say you don't necessarily have to win your conference championship. You just want to make sure that your team's ready uh, when they go into the NCAA tournament. I think that was McPeak's mindset with this horse. So that would be, to me, the livest, the, the long shot that I think would be the livest uh, bet for a uh, superfector or trifecta right now is is uh, Smile Happy.
1: Yeah, 20 to one on the morning line. We talked about Smile Happy yesterday with with Brittany Irwin, so not surprised to hear that. I think he's gonna make a lot, of, uh, and a lot of tickets for Superfectas and maybe my trifecta to be honest after hearing you. But yeah. nonetheless, we, we've talked a lot about pace setters and, and Drew's really touched on closers and obviously post position throughout the week. In your opinion, and it could be the favorite, which horse has the best balance of both?
3: Uh, you know, well, the thing about Zandon is he is a closer. Uh, I don't know if he'll be right in the middle of the pack or not. I, I kind of doubt it. That's not been his style. Uh, Epicenter is uh, seems to be that horse. He seems to fit the one with all the gears. I think the only thing that kept him from being the favorite, honestly, is, you know, Steve Asmussen, who is one of the great trainers of all time. He's won more races than anybody, but, you know, he's never won the Derby. So even even Steve kind of laughed that maybe that's why his horse isn't favored. That and his post position I, I don't think is, you know, really that uh, beneficial for him. Uh, if he had a little better post, if he was out more like around 10 or 11 instead of down inside the fives, uh, I think he would have a better shot. But he's probably the one that's going to be the best balanced in this. Uh, and, you know, that's that's why most people thought he would be the favorite coming in. And, you know, then the others like Messier is going to take off. That's what he does. Tava is going to take off. That's what he does. Uh, There's going to be pace to run out, uh, run out for a closer like, uh, uh, you know, like in Zandon. And there's also going to be a nice pace set up for a horse that likes to stalk like epicenter. And that's going to be a heck of a finish, I think.
2: Oh, fantastic. Um, So one of the one of my favorite anecdotes you brought up as we were. Uh, watching the racing today. And this this really synthesized something that I've been trying to understand about horse racing in the lead up is that these horses all come from v- different parts of the country. Yeah. They're racing each other in those right. parts of the country. They qualify and now they put them all in the, in the bowl here. And you, you compared it, I thought, brilliantly to kind of conference, you. you know, conference yeah. play and college basketball and now throw them all into the March Madness pot. Um, any any specific regions or conferences for that matter that really stood out that had really great meets sets. As you watch the run-up,
3: yeah, you know, i, I, I good to go back to Epicenter down there. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he faced some pretty good competition, uh, including a horse named Zozos that's uh, one of Brad Cox's horses coming in here. I mean, he was challenged, uh, and then out west, uh, it, it had been Messier with really very few challenges until Taba came along in the Santa Anita Derby. So I think probably throughout, it's been the, the best the best horses this year seem to be coming out of Louisiana. Florida could probably make a, a case uh, for that as well. But uh, you know, if I had to seed them, I'd make the overall number one seed, uh, the horse that I'm picking second, and that's epicenter.
1: Wow, okay.
3: Because so as we know, the number one seeds just don't win. We, you know, the <laughs> overall number one seeds, look at they always get beat out.
1: Kenny, that's a great point. So I'll be sure to have epicenter on my ticket. What about the Kentucky Oaks, Kenny? What are you thinking about that? Do you have any angle as we get ready to bet the race on Friday afternoon?
3: I think this is the best Oaks in a long, long time. I've seen a few, and this is really top to bottom. Uh, Nest, I think, is probably the best coming in here for Todd Fletcher. Um, you know, Todd knows how to win this. He's won it four times Interesting that he's going against Wayne Lucas, who's also won it four times. They're tied for second all time behind wow. Woody Stevens, who the legendary Woody Stevens won this race five times. So, and Wayne, God bless him, 86 years old. And he's not just here. He's here with a legit horse. He's here with the uh, secret oath who up until the Arkansas Derby was going to run against the boys in the uh, Kentucky Derby, but she didn't run that well in Arkansas in the Derby. So he decided to point her to this race. And I think, she's got, I think she's got a big shot in here. And adding to this is Steve Asmussen, who could go for the Oaks Derby double because he has a spectacular two-year-old last year in uh, Echo Zulu, uh, who's still really good this year. But, you know, she was so good and so far ahead of everybody last year, she's probably considered the third or fourth best pick here. But I think that's a really interesting trifecta play right there with those three horses.
2: I love that look, and realistically, uh, nothing, no story would really shock me. If you had Gunrunner, Sired, Echo Zulu, and Taba each, you know, win the (laughs) Derby, that wouldn't shock me. If you had an Asmussen Derby double, that wouldn't shock me. Right, Um, man, what a competitive race! This is going to be so much fun. Uh, It was great spending time with you today. Appreciate all your insight, and uh, really hope you enjoy Derby weekend.
3: Well, next next year we have to get Sarah down here. I
2: mean, yeah, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely, no. We'll, we'll move. We'll move heaven and earth, and definitely, we'll yeah, we'll make it happen.
1: I'm extremely jealous of you spending time, but your insight as we get ready to bet the Kentucky Oaks and Derby is all I need for now. You can follow Kenny on Twitter at Kenny Rice Sports. Make sure to tune in uh, to NBC on Saturday to check out all of his analysis of the Kentucky Derby live from Churchill Downs. Thanks, Kenny.
3: Sarah, Drew, thank you all.
0: For the world's greatest athletes.
4: This is the showdown we've been waiting for.
0: There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. world record again! For the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock.
1: What do you want from your sportsbook? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void were prohibited, must be 21+. plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. one 888 5 Three two three five zero zero in Virginia. Eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine in New York. www.pointsbet.com/terms-and-conditions. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Chicago White Sox play the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park on Sunday, May 8th at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to peacocktv.com MLB. Tons of great MLB hosts and analysts covering the game for us, including good friend of Bet the Edge and ours, John Morosi. Now, this is Drew's kind of show today, and we're really excited to welcome in Suns color analyst, Eddie Johnson. Eddie, we appreciate you jumping on and joining the show. Suns look good last night, big win over the Mavericks. They now have a 2-0 lead in the series, and they're favored by one point now for Game 3. What have you seen from this Phoenix Suns team, not in the regular season, strictly playoffs? What has stood out to you here?
4: Well, look, I've seen this all year, and it's good now that the national audience gets a chance to see how good and well-balanced this team is. Uh, you know, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, we've been saying this all along. And, you know, people always try to find a way to to maybe say we're vulnerable, we can get beat. I mean, let's look at it this way. When we lost to the Pelicans in the first round, people actually thought, some people actually thought that the Pelicans would beat us in the series. And so that's that's the kind of team that we are because we're not a sexy team. We're not a team that's going to chuck up a ton of threes. Uh, our star players aren't guys that are very, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, attracted to the camera, so to speak. Uh, they're not Luka. Uh, they're not Giannis. But Devin Booker and Chris Paul are just tremendous basketball players and great leaders. And so now the country is getting ready to see how good this basketball team is all around.
2: Yeah, I could not agree with you more. I'm riding a 20-1 to future on Phoenix from the preseason. I doubled down before the playoffs. If the Suns ultimately win the title, this would be the biggest win of my life. So I am uh, very much Team Phoenix. Let's go Suns. Uh, so many people handicap a playoff series by just, oh well, that team has the best player, so they're going to win. And they are, you know, I think they're looking past the totality of how good this uh, team effort is from the Suns so far this season. They've been the best NBA team in the in the you know in the field, in my opinion. Um, and you look at a player like Luka Doncic, who last night he was going off nuclear, uh, nuclear offensive performance from him in the first half, but right. his defense was miserable. They were just picking on him and making it look easy in the second half of that game. Um, you know, is uh, is is it fair to say that the Suns in this particular matchup not only have an overall talent advantage, but a coaching advantage if you can find a way to take advantage of their best player on the floor in a game like that?
4: Well, that's what we do. I mean, but honestly, that's what Dallas is doing. Uh, Luka is basically hunting out guys that he felt can't guard him during the course of the game in the first two. Uh, ball games this series, and he's been tremendous uh, in scoring the ball. And going into this series, it was pretty obvious that the Suns recognized the Dallas Mavericks defense is very much improved. Uh, but they were going to hunt Luca, and for two reasons: one, you know, you want to make that offensive player have to work on both ends, and then two, he can't guard either one of them. And so, you know, they knew that coming in, and uh, so the Suns have done a great job of executing, finding him. And putting him in play, and in the fourth quarter, look, we we've seen Chris Paul do this consistently over the last few years. Uh, it's just something about his leadership and how he can turn it on. Like not many players can go a first quarter and not take shots, and then show up in the fourth quarter and say, "Okay, I'm gonna take over." It it, it shows you that if he wanted to score 35, he could. That's basically what it says. He's not a guy that takes a ton of shots. And he just hunts you when the game's on the line. And and I think the Suns right now are like 51-0 and when they have the lead going into the fourth quarter. And it's all about Chris Paul and Devin Booker.
1: Chris Paul is shooting 74% from the field over the last three playoff games. He's been ridiculous. Uh, The Suns are favored by one point in Dallas for game three. The total is 219.5. We know Dallas has performed better like most teams with a home court advantage. How do you see game three now playing out with the Suns going on the road?
4: Well, very intense, uh, obviously physical because of some desperation now involved. No team has ever come back from 3-0, so Dallas knows that going in. Uh, Their crowd is excellent. Uh, They're going to be right into it. Uh, It's going to be a very difficult game to win, but the Suns over the last few years, they love playing on the road. I mean, they love going into hostile environments and getting wins. And in New Orleans, I'm telling you, I don't know where those fans came from. Uh, you, know, you don't see them go the regular season, but they were just out of control. And Dallas is going to double down on it. So look, if you ask me what do I miss about the game, two things. One, the camaraderie with, my, with teammates and then playing on the road in hostile situations. I mean, that's what you look forward to as a player. And Devin Booker and Chris Paul are the best on the road at doing
2: that. Well, last year the Suns got it done in four in the second round of the playoffs. Let's hope we have a repeat of history here. And they move on to the Western Conference Finals. I'm curious if you if – um, it's been very tough. Uh, to, for me at least, to tell you who is the better team between Memphis and the Warriors through two games. These two teams seem to be playing to a, uh, a dead heat and it's sort of end-of-game heroics that have really uh, met, been the difference so far in the first two games played in Memphis. Do you think that there is a meaningful margin between these two teams that would support making a team like the Warriors a six-point favorite uh, at home over the Grizzlies? Or is this uh, a matter of the experience will ultimately be the deciding factor
4: in that one? You said the key word experience, and people still, they're going to hang on to Splash Brothers. They're going to hang on to 2015 uh, when they won, I think they won their first title. They're going to hang on to that, and and Memphis has to ignore it. (laughs) That's all it is, uh, because both teams are pretty equal. I think that's been proven in the first two games, Uh, and both teams are compromised right now. Obviously, Gary Payton Jr., a fortunate accident when um, Dylan Brooks took him out. And Dylan Brooks is not a dirty player. It just was a bad play, and he should have been kicked out of the game. Uh, so they're dealing with that. Uh, and, look, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are dealing with a number of things. They're dealing with Steven Adams, who I think can help them on the glass. He's been out of COVID protocol, I believe. Uh, Desmond Baines playing with a bad back. Uh, he's not the effective guy leading them in scoring as he did in the Minnesota series. Uh, and, and so Ja got poked in the eye. So they have a, n- a number of things going on on their side as well. Uh, but to me, this is an even series. It truly is. Clay Thompson hasn't shot the ball well. Is this part of just being worn out or is part of their defense? We just don't know. But I guarantee you, game three is going to be a heck of a game. Uh, it, it's not going to be a, blow, a blowout game. I think Memphis is primed and ready to compete.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for game three of that series. Of course, I'll even up right now. One to one, if you could see in the crystal ball and, and we look at the Phoenix suns, let's say they move on to the Western conference finals. And for the sake of all of us, we sure hope they do. What's a better matchup. You think they want to face the warriors. or they want to face the Grizz?
4: I think they don't care. I, I truly do. <laughs> I, I'm, and I'm, I'm being, like, normally I would give you a team. I truly would. Uh, so I'm not being in the middle here. I, I don't think they care. like, I think all year long, they just worried about themselves. And they truly believe if they get on the court and they get a seven-game series, they can beat anyone. Like as Devin Booker said, they're on a revenge tour. And the reason they say revenge tour is because and, – and they can't make excuses as if other teams can. But they understand that they were 2-0 last year against Milwaukee. And they got compromised, just like they beat teams in on the track to the finals last year that were compromised. Anthony Davis went down for the Lakers, okay? Devin was dealing with their issues. And the Clippers obviously dealing with Kawhi being out. So they understand that. They're not making excuses, but they know that if Chris Paul wasn't playing with just one hand after game two and Devin wasn't dealing with his hamstring, that they felt they would have won the title last year so it's all about them going the, the full track now the full race and be anybody that's in front of them and and that's what every team should do because you just don't know injuries happen
2: yeah no you're you're, you're
4: getting me uh
2: even more excited for the rest of these playoffs than I already was. So I, I love hearing that. Uh, they're, they're the reigning Western Conference champions. You have to come through us. I love that. Um, and uh, I guess if, uh, if we were to get to a finals, and regardless of opponent, um, do you think um, that the, what we've seen from Chris Paul so far as a leader of this team Uh, Would carry enough momentum to where he would be the rightful choice for finals MVP if the Suns get it done? Or would it be a matter of a player like Booker just going nuclear and being unstoppable offensively and putting up enough stats that he would be given the award?
4: Well, the great thing about the Suns now is that they have a big three. And DeAndre Ayton has played extremely well. And so any of those three would have a chance at any award because that's just the way they play. I mean, they don't really go into a game saying, okay, you're going to take this amount of shots, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Everything flows based on how the other team is playing them. And you will see that, say, if the Suns do play Golden State, i.e. DeAndre Aiden will have a dominant series because Golden State's small. And so the Suns will take advantage of DeAndre Uh that's just the way it's going to work out. And so I, I think, you know, with Mikael Bridges and the way he can defend and the way he can lock people up. Uh, we saw Andre Iguodala uh, get a, a final MVP years ago. Uh, and and so it's so many guys on this team, man, that can make an impact. That's why it's just so difficult to pinpoint it. But I just tell you all this, again, they're taking one game at a time, one series at a time. The Dallas Mavericks is not a cakewalk. It's going to be a tough series to finish off. Anytime Luka Doncic is on the court and they can be close in the fourth quarter, uh, it's going to be a tough win for the Suns because that guy is pretty much unstoppable.
1: Yeah, game three is going to be huge. Luca's averaging 40 points in this series. So hopefully they can contain him a little bit in game three. DeAndre Ayton, by the way, 33 to 1 to win MVP, finals MVP. Looking at Devin Booker, 4 to 1, Chris Paul, 7 to 1 for those listening, looking to get involved. Eddie Drew has been talking about the Phoenix Suns for, I feel like, a year now. So we are so (laughs) excited to have you on and help us break down this team as their playoff push continues throughout the rest of this series and hopefully in the finals. Eddie, thanks so much.
4: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you all for having me. By the
1: way, Eddie's on Twitter, at Jumpshot8. You can listen to him on the call for the Suns' run in the postseason and check him out co-hosting the NBA today on SiriusXM. All right, Drew, game by game, getting closer to the Suns' tattoo, at least I pray. I'm all in on this. <laughs> I am. I am. You've, you've had me on this team for a while now. So it is fun breaking this down, and Game 3 will break that down tomorrow more. As right now, the Phoenix Suns are favored by one point on the road, to, total 219 and a half. Um, no NBA tonight. And what? that's top. Huh? Looking around for some edge of the day as we wrap up the show with our favorite plays. And I'm going with hockey. But, but, I want to hear yours first before I get into okay. my NHL play of the day.
2: I'm excited. Return of the Ice cream. I think you're undefeated ice on, hockey on I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you're undefeated on, on hockey. But that, that's I mean, think I have two bats
1: in hockey, two and elbow. Yeah. We'll count. We'll count. <laughs> What's on your card for tonight?
2: I'll go to the Madrid Open. So uh, we are currently in the clay swing in Europe in the tennis calendar. Uh, we are about halfway through the buildup to the to Rolling Garros French Open. Uh, that happens at the end of May here. Um, This is a Masters 1000. This is a huge, huge tournament for both prize money and for ranking points. All of the players who are there are uh, dialed in and they are performing their best. They've had some warm-up events on clay. They've gotten used to the conditions. And this is being contested at a little bit of elevation where the ball is flying a little faster and the speed is faster than your average clay court. So it's been an interesting and challenging handicap so far for this tournament, but it's been a ton of fun. And all of the best players are playing today in the round of 16. The final... Match on the slate is my guy Carlos Alcaraz, the up-and-coming um, best player on on tour. Realistically, like this guy will dominate the world of tennis uh, in the next handful of years. He has turned 19 years old today, uh, and he is now the second choice to win the French Open, which is absolutely bananas. Um, he is as good as advertised, in my opinion. He is taking on Scam Nori, uh, the British foil, who has beaten me so many times this year. Um, But I've gotten, I've been getting, I've been getting back little by little over the balance of the spring betting against Cam. Um, And last time out, Alcaraz absolutely handled him. And honestly, if you looked at the final score versus the stats, that was a bigger beatdown than even the final score uh, reflected. So I think we get a solid birthday performance out of Alcaraz today. I think he hangs a killing here on Cam Nori. I played under 20 and a half expecting this to be decided in two sets without a tiebreak Alcaraz moves on to the next round where I believe he faces Nadal in the quarterfinals we get another we got we get a chance to see Nadal versus Alcaraz potentially which odds makers would suggest that will be your French Open final you get a chance to see them play on clay in Madrid obviously a little bit different conditions a little bit faster Nadal is not in anywhere close to the same form as he was the last time these two players played so um, the rest of the Madrid Open is going to be super interesting and in- important to watch if you intend to bet on French Open.
1: Love this look. This is a fun way to get involved for today's match because Alcaraz is minus 667 on the money line, so a fun way to obviously get him to win and take the under. You've gotten me into Carlos Alcaraz. I watch highlights on him on Twitter all the time now, because you spent some time <laughs> talking about him. He's a phenomenal, young player on the tour. Um, so I mentioned I'm going to hockey, and I hope I'm an ice queen tonight for everyone's sake. What um, game that stood out to me here is actually going to be the Capitals and Panthers, and it's not just because I'm from Florida. I like the over six and a half goals. Yesterday, Nick Alberga came on our show, which I thought was fascinating. We talked about the Capitals and how often they score the first goal. That could happen, and it did happen in Game One. But if you look at the Florida Panthers and what They relied on all season long. It's their offense. They averaged over four goals per game. They led the league in points, goals, and shots taken this year. I don't think the Caps win another road game, but I didn't like the puck line or the money line. I think the Panthers rely on their offense. And I think what's fascinating is yesterday, the winning team in each playoff game scored at least five goals. The overs went three and one. There were six goals in game one. I think this one we see a lot more offense with the Panthers to win game two at home. So over six and a half. Is the play today going on the ice?
2: Great one. I mean, realistically, it's going to take four goals to win this game. Uh, And I think uh, Florida's offense is as good as advertised. Uh, I'm not going to say they can get it by themselves. I don't think 7-0 is in the cards, but I won't be surprised if it happens.
1: I don't care how it happens. I mean, I want the Florida Panthers to win. I'll say that. But we just want seven goals. We want an under in ATP Madrid for today for Carlos Alcaraz to get it done. Any other plays in tennis before we sign off? Anything else?
2: I had some stuff in action this morning, but it's all wrapped up. Uh, we like are pretty far are. through the calendar.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, I know. I started. Yeah, early.
1: your girl was not oh, awake for that. That's,
2: it's the best. It's the best. This is the, the best part of this part of the calendar is all, you know, you get tennis all through the day and then right into primetime playoff, uh, playoff basketball and hockey.
1: Well, Drew, enjoy your last and final day at Churchill Downs. Yeah, thank you. I look forward you. to seeing what else happens today in Louisville as we get ready to bet the Derby. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. That's all we have today on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. For Drew Dinsick, I'm Sarah Perlman. All of us here with NBC Sports Edge. Thanks for watching. Best of luck with all your bets.